I break bricks for God's power and put it on track to demonstrate victory, encouraging you to stay on track. I got saved and got power over my hour. Yes. Victorious over sin, I ripped it, have my phone book. book alone. I got shrimp, but when we join this one, what? prostitutes reside, deadbeats raise their son. Now we the power team, so ain't nothing weak about our ministry. Raise the bar so our music lifts the dumbbells in the industry. <laughs> Don't wait until you in the cemetery to see the enemy offer gifts, but they come with more strings attached in the symphony. What? I got faith and I'm strong enough to share mine. Yeah. Christ came to shape your life up like a hairline. Ooh. My external's just a sign of my strength, yeah. but what really makes me strong is staying alive.
Defense Radio, Hollywood Records, and Prodigal Son. You got it locked, keep it locked, let We go. giving it to you raw, uncut, hands up, what's up? BX on it, that rap fast is so tech. Yeah, we represent the king all day. Seaside, my way, his ways, my way. Some are crying seven late. 24-7, homie, good news and dope beats. The only way we so and safe, so we reap. Evangelistic net serving, low so surfing. So we catch some ball, really mean to give them something. The life of a true man who died for us. The really so G shed his blood for us. Rap Fest is here to represent, yep, for us. Set free, got a voice now to speak for us. Real talk, Rap Fest Radio. Welcome to Rap Fest Radio, Monday night. Chilling out here. We just finished listening to a K-Drama song from his new project called We Fit, The Workout Plan. If you didn't get it yet, go get that right now. You could get it anywhere. iTunes, uh, HolyCulture.net, TheSouth.com, Rapzilla, wherever they're selling CDs, pick it up. That's K-Drama, We Fit, The Workout Plan. And talk about fitting. Fitting, no, sitting right here, Pastor Ray. What's happening? Pastor Ray Paparotti, the Malawi Initiative, in the house with us today. Um, a lot of y'all probably like, what's this Malawi Initiative stuff doing on Rap Fest Radio? You know, we reach out to everybody, and Ray is a good friend of ours, so you know, we, we're excited to have him here with us to be able to share some of his experiences in ministry and also just what God is doing in his life as well. And we trust and pray that it's going to affect you guys as you listen. So, Ray, introduce yourself. Let people know who you are and stuff. Thank you. Know? you thank you. What's going on? My name is uh, Ray Paparotti. And uh, this is my hometown. Well, not the Bronx, but home, <laughs> hometown of New York. Uh, born and raised. And uh, just this has been in ministry for a while now. And uh, doing this Africa thing, we're going to get into a little bit of that uh, in just a little bit. But uh, just excited to be here. So, uh, thanks for having us out. Amen. We're, ex we're excited to have you. Uh, some of you probably, probably recognize him. He preached at a night before Rap Fest. What was it? Uh, two years two ago? Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago at Jehovah Shama International Ministries over on Southern Boulevard. Uh, it was a blessed service. He was also there during Rap Fest the following day. That was the first time we had Richie Righteous as a special guest. was really exciting. You know, so Ray is familiar with what we do. Our intention now is to get familiar with what you do. Uh, like we said, Malawi Initiative. Uh, Ray has a heart for missions. For going out into the fields and, and and affecting people very similar to rap fest we have a heart for for the streets you know to reach people but god has called you to reach a particular body which is you know kind of far for me but <laughs> it's something you've been doing lately so tell us a little bit about malawi initiative you know what it what it is sure malawi initiative uh our tagline if you will is reaching the warm heart of africa malawi is a, a small little country in east africa uh, one of the smallest in africa and uh, this is our going on our fourth year uh, working in Africa, and um, it's crazy. God just opened this door for us. We never intended to to be in Africa, but have a heart for for missions. And I guess it, we're, it's the same thing with Rap Fest. You guys have a heart for missions, and uh, this is just the the path that God led us in. And uh, going there from the first time, we went kind of blind, not knowing what to expect or what Africa would be like. And there's one thing about Africa: once you go the first time. Like the drums call you back, man. Really, the beat calls you back to no Africa. Way. So you can't. Uh, you have to go back. Why? Why Africa? Why? What was the? What was the, the motive behind Africa? I have no idea. And <laughs> really? uh, no Africa. On to our next yeah, question. Yeah, okay, so, sorry, I don't know why we went to Africa. No Africa is. This is crazy. I I've had a heart for missions, 
and uh, always wanted God to open the door for missions. And I had been praying for 10 years uh, before this door opened. God send us, open the door for missions, open the door for missions. And it seemed like he sent everybody else, but never me. It was like everybody <laughs> around us, people that hated missions were going on the field. And uh, so it was really crazy. A, a few years back, we are in this service, and... Um, and I got really mad uh, at God. You know, this is my, my fault. I got really mad at God. There was this African choir singing. And uh, I stood up and I said, God, I said, if you're not going to send me to any, to do missions, and I, I never want to see another, like, foreign person, which is kind of rough living wow. in New York. And I walked out of the service. And as I was walking out of the service, I got to the back. I put my hand on the door. And I just heard, it was like one of those times where I heard God speak to me. And he said, now's the time. I'm opening the door now. And uh, we had a friend of uh, I had a friend of mine that was uh, that I went to school with, and he was from Malawi, and I hadn't talked to him in like six seven years, and uh, so I emailed him, and the door just opened. He invited me to Africa. And, uh, a few days later, I bought my ticket, and uh, and I was in Africa. I never intended to stay, but I was in Africa. Wow, yeah. that's that's crazy, you know. And sometimes we're like that. God calls us to do stuff, and you know, we we know that it's going to happen, but we want it in our time. And we're like, why is everybody else doing it and not me? I'm the one that wanted to have that record deal. I'm the one that wanted to get signed to this label. I'm the one that wants to go to Africa. And you see everybody else doing it. And yeah, we, we get upset because we wanted it in our time. But I guess God was just preparing and waiting for, you know, you needed that moment. Timing is, <laughs> timing is like, it's crazy because it doesn't fit. Like none of it fits. And it was, it was, it was constantly like, God, when, 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 when? But if, if we had gone any other time, it, it never would have happened the way it did. The, the way everything is opened up, it would never have happened. Wow, that's that's a that's a whole message right there. Just wait on God. Just wait on God. Not wait for God because He's there. Wait He's on God. Wait on God. You know, many times we we jump the gun. You know, and and then there's the other the reverse side of when He's sending you, you just don't do don't it. Do, don't <laughs> you know? go, yeah. Either way, you lose. Either way, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> just wait on God. But um, so the Malawi initiative is. It sounds like a big organization. Like, how many people are involved in this? Um, well, currently we have about uh, eight people uh, running it. Uh, I'm the, the leader of it. We have a few board members uh, that, that are helping get this off and running. And then we have just a, a whole staff uh, behind us just working, getting all the plans and preparations for the trips that we take. And, and then in Africa, we have a, a team of about maybe 10 people that work there and our, our contacts in Africa that, that get everything done. Oh, so you actually have a Malawi initiative, like offices, kind of say, in in, in Africa, or at we least do. the we're, staff. We do. We have a staff there, and we're just uh, going through the process to uh, to register in Malawi, so we can actually have an office in Malawi. Yeah. Wow, that's big. That's international. That's <laughs> international. international. <laughs> right, that's that's oh. crazy. So uh, now you got to give us some experiences. Like what? I'm sure you know. It's hard to say. I knew what to expect when I get there. I know Africa. You've never been there before. Your first time going to Africa. What what was it like? Oh man, the first time I went to Africa was the scariest thing in the world because I didn't know what to expect. You know, I booked my ticket and it was one of those things where I said I heard God say just go. So I went and uh, even my my friend that lived there when I asked him what are we going to be doing, he was just like, "Oh, just come." <laughs> so I didn't know and, and uh, it was one of those dumb things, but I booked my ticket for like 3 weeks. So I was in Africa the first time for 21 days not knowing what to expect, wow. what was happening. And um, I'm telling you, I went into, in the dead of summer, so it was like 
mosquito heaven, like, you know, uh, one of the first nights there. Uh, it was crazy, just coming off the plane, getting to Malawi, the first night sleeping under mosquito nets, and uh, Malawi, there's a, a lot of, um, there's a big Muslim community there, okay. and uh, I went <laughs> during, like, uh, Ramadan, and <laughs> so there was, like, you know, the chanting all night long, and songs wow. playing, and I was like, God, what am I doing here? And then the mosquitoes come in, and, like, the cloud form, like, just surrounding you, and I'm like, this is nuts. This is nuts. Now, when when you go to these trips, are you staying like in the villages, or are you staying in a hotel? What? Is- no, no, it's right with the people living the way the people do. So uh, we were blessed. Uh, the uh, our friend that lives in Malawi, he has a somewhat of a home, and uh, so uh, he had some good accommodations. But other times, you're just uh, out in the open, uh, not really protected from much elements, mosquito nets, of course. But uh, it's it's roughing it by every extreme. Wow, yeah. I, I'm itching just thinking about it. I know. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's why I, that's, I was telling Alice the other day, we were talking because my wife, you know, her heart is for missions. Oh, I would love to go to Africa. I would love to go here. I'd love to go there. So, you know what? I'm good in the hood, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Leave me here. You know, I, I love going down Southern Boulevard in the Bronx or <laughs> Manhattan and seeing people there and minister to them. Like, I personally just don't feel that that call to go out into okay. the mission field like that. But um, it takes a special person to, to do that. And come back and then do it again. You know, that's when you know it's really God's call because you, you'll continue to do it. Now, how many trips have you gone? Have you made to Africa since you started? Since we started, we made three. And uh, so we're uh, quickly making the uh, preparations for our next one. But it's just escalated. Like the first time uh, I went was alone. The second time was with uh, with an elder, with uh, somebody helping out with our organization. And then the third time we took a team of eight. And it just keeps growing. The, the whole plan there is just taking off and it's... It's scary, actually, but exciting. I, I, I mean, doing Rap Fest, we do Rap Fest every year. And it takes us like a whole year to prepare. You know, and this is here in our in our city. We live here. Like, we're trying to get our permits, trying to make sure we got the location down packed, making sure we have everything we need, that the day has, you know, we have the tents, we have this and that. How do you prepare a missions trip for eight people, nine people to a country where, you know, it's not like you could just pick up the phone and right. say, you know, could you make sure we have three tents and this and that there waiting for us? Uh, it's... That's one of those things, I guess, like the same thing with Rap Fest, you got to pray a lot. <laughs> pray <laughs> and just... Uh, it's one of those things that takes about a year to, to get all the arrangements uh, in order and plan everything. I mean, once you're there, it's, you know, Africa is, a lot of Africa is impoverished, so there's a, you really suffer with a lot of, like, necessities that you normally have, but it's it's an awesome trip. Like, uh, you don't really suffer as, as bad as people make it out to be. But uh, it takes about a year uh, to plan the trip, and then uh, one thing we always tell our team members and everybody around is Africa is a land of changes. When you go there, everything changes. Like, everything you have planned, I mean, it's on the fly all the time. Really? You plan a service or you plan an outreach or you plan uh, an event, you get there ready with the script in hand, and then you realize okay none of it works <laughs> and you just have to improvise and, and just uh, and just run with what it's you the got. equivalent of a freestyle rapper exactly <laughs> a freestyle rapper you just go there and you, you know the message you're taking but uh, the way you, you bring it changes in everything what, what was one of the most I guess beautiful experiences you've had with with the people in Africa. One of the most beautiful experiences this past time, we were able to take. Um, we brought a projector and a screen over, and we were able to get the Jesus film in their language. Oh, okay. And uh, we went out into the bush, into a village, and uh, we it was it was so bootleg. If you saw it, <laughs> uh, setting up the we brought PVC pipes, which were like God, please don't let us get arrested on the plane with PVC pipes. I'm like, oh man, they're, they're gonna guess. But we brought PVC pipe, and we set up this bootleg stage. 
and had it tied down to like trees and staked into the dirt. And uh, it was so, I'm, I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing seeing this. And the screen was set up and uh, we were going to show the Jesus film. So all these people started coming out and we were, we totally undershot everything. We're like, okay, God, if, you know, if 50, 60 people come out, it's going to be worth it and amazing, which it is. And all of a sudden, like we had uh, the first night, like 1,300 people came out to sit and watch the Jesus film. And um, it was amazing. Like uh, uh, Africans, uh, at least in Malawi, when they come out, it's like they wait till night. Because, you know, no one can see them. Nobody, you know, knows they're coming. And they can come and take part. So they all started coming out of the woods and coming out of the fields, sitting down in the dirt, ready to watch the Jesus film. And when we cranked that on, people, some of them was the first time they'd ever seen a movie. And uh, so they were... Wow, even now, 2010. Yeah, even now. It was the first time they've ever seen anything like that, you know. it's it's So when you go there, you are completely taken away from from anything uh, uh, anything you know. And once we started the film, we stopped it halfway, and um, it was we stopped it where Jesus was doing all these healings and amazing things on on the video, and we uh, offered them prayer and said he does the same thing today, and everything that they saw him do on the screen, he did right there in front wow. of them. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. This that I mean that's that's crazy. My my hands are standing. <laughs> I'm like you know it's it's amazing to know that the power of God is still as powerful today. Oh, man. You know, many times we as Christians, we, we overlook that part of the scripture. Uh, even Hector on Sunday in his prayer, you know, in he was like, God, you said we do greater things. You walked on water. You know, like we're supposed to do even more. And you walked on water. We can't, we'll never be able to match that. But I guess my question is, does it seem that there's more faith Overseas in a place like like Africa than than here in in New York or the United States. Everybody always asks that question, like, why does God do these things? And and if I can answer this question with kind of side story, go for it, go for it. All right, like when we were setting up the screen, I mean, it was like uh, we did everything we can to stake it down, and the wind was blowing so hard, the weather was just the worst, and it's never like that during this time of year. So it was it was summertime here, so it's winter there, and the screen was just bowed out. And uh, it wouldn't lay flat. And we're like, God, if, if this doesn't stop, we're never going to be able to show the movie tonight. <laughs> what are we going to do? And we're, it was blowing and blowing. The whole screen was bowed out. And then we're like, God, we got together as a team. And we said, we, we recognized it. We said, God, you did this in the Bible. So we grabbed hands as a team. And we said, God, you did it in the Bible. So we're going to do it now. We, we cursed the wind in the name of Jesus. And we turned around. The wind just died. And the screen went dead flat. And it was like, and it was amazing. It was so wild to see God move like that. So everybody says, all right, why does God do that in Africa? And he doesn't do it here in America. And I asked the pastor there. I I found this this one pastor. He was so poor. And um, but leading his people and really reaching people. I said, why does God do this here? And this this was his answer. He said, we're stupid. He said, we're dumb. And I said, what is, I said, what do you mean? He said, everything that we read in the Bible, he said, we believe. (laughs) <laughs> wow! Man, it was like a it was like a wow. shot. You sit back and you're like, "Wow, that's that's true." He goes, "We just believe it." He says, "We're ignorant. We don't we don't have like like dictionaries and commentaries to study and, and see what does it really mean." Like we just read it and believe it. Yeah, and he does it. We have a Bible and then a stack of commentaries, <laughs> a stack saying, of books saying, "What does it mean?" I know right? you said that, God, but I'm gonna check you on this. <laughs> you Isn't know? that nuts? Wow! You know, I never I never thought of that. I never thought of that. It just makes a lot of sense because. You know, many times we go to church, even revival services here in New York, you go to whatever church and they're praying for someone's healing and someone's healing and next year's revival, they're praying for that same person's healing and you're like, what happened? They prayed last year. What happened? Well, they prayed last month. Why, why isn't that person healed? And many times, you know, 
we ourselves, we, we question our faith. We question our belief. Like, God, do you really still do this? I heard yeah. you do. You know, I've seen videos. <laughs> but uh, that, that's what that's why I was thinking about that because we have another friend, Moreira. Uh, he's a Brazilian guy. He does missionary in, in Africa as well, okay. in Mozambique. Hmm. And his testimonies, when he comes back, the testimonies is like, I've never seen that stuff happen. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, like, we just have no faith, but not what you said makes yeah. a lot of sense. They actually believe. We say we believe, but they no, actually it, believe. It's not. So, you know, like I, my thing is like evangelism. When we when we're there overseas and we we'll do a service, and then especially my first time when there's hundreds of people, and then you make the altar call and you invite them to come to Christ. I mean, the messages were so simple. Like you totally have to tone everything down and realize, man, how simple can I tell them that Jesus saves? So it got to the point where we were doing evangelistic services and just grabbing the mic and, and literally it would be five minutes and I would just say, you know, Jesus came, he loves you, he died for you and you're going to go to hell without him. You need him. How many of you want Jesus? And then you look around and like the majority of people have their hands lifted and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yeah, the yeah, first yeah, time yeah. I was one of those things, I was like, God, is, is this real? Like, are they really? I was like, no way. So, you know, you go over it again. Like, no, I mean, if you really want Jesus, then they're like, just making sure. I, like, I do, you know. Fill out this survey. Yeah. Make sure you really want oh, this. It's crazy because they're so, it, it, it's like, you know, uh, this trip was, this last trip was the most successful we ever had. But it was, it was amazing. When you look back, it was like, Jesus never did anything to turn them off. All, all they've ever seen of Christ is, is people going there, helping them in the name of Christ and saying, you know, we're doing this because God loves you, because Jesus died for you. And they right. never had any doubt of Jesus. So they accept him wholeheartedly. They never had anybody taint that or, or mess that up. We need to move to Africa, y'all. Yeah. All of us. Get rid of every all technology you have, all commentaries, and just <laughs> trust in God. And just trusting God, I think that, you know we're spoiled here in the U.S. Absolutely, we have so many, so many. We Google everything. We'll Google God if we don't believe Him. You know, like Jesus said, He. Oh yeah, let me check. Google. Yep. Okay, He said it. You know, but I guess it's like you said out there. They they don't have access because the technology is there. I'm sure if they walked a couple of oh man hundred miles. It's or crazy. I, I took my laptop the first time and I'm like, oh, at least I'll have internet access. And they were just they were just on dial up. They were just starting to get dial up. Wow. And I'm like, and you have to go to an internet cafe for that. But you know what? It's funny. It's like moving there or, or doing whatever uh, because they they have less. We have so much. We're totally primed for God to do so much more here because we have access to so many more things. Like hmm. we could do so much more than the experiences that they even have there. But we don't. We don't. <laughs> not crazy. We don't. Why not? That's the question tonight. Why don't Why we do more? It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I'm always baffled. We we have some friends. Uh, Galdona is another one, uh, a very powerful spiritual man of God. And he would come preach at our old church and share testimonies and show videos of people like he's praying for them and gold popping up in their yeah. mouth and, and legs, you know, the arms lengths are changing and stuff. But then you come here to New York and this person, you know, I got a neck pain, pray for me. And they, it's like they don't really have the faith. They just want to go through the motions to see if they come up in the next video or something. I don't know. But I think we need to have more faith. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think this is what the interview was going to be about. <laughs> but I think, I think that's definitely what it is. So explain to us a typical revival service in Africa. Oh, man, there's so many different sides to it. But uh, typical, uh, well, I'll give you the evangelistic side because we have okay. so many different tracks that we work with. A typical evangelistic side, uh, um, style is, is uh, the African team gets together with us. We have interpreters and uh, and we just pick a location. In, uh, we'll go to a village or we'll pick a location. Outdoors? In, outdoors. It's always outdoors in uh, the city. 
and uh, they set up like a system. Uh, we have a little soundboard that we bring there too. Oh, okay. And, and uh, so they have a speaker. It's a, this. They really were blessed from from Christians here in America. They have speaker Amen. system and and microphones, and they set up a keyboard. And they are the, some of the most talented people. And they just, I mean, they break out and they have church, and they just have start playing music and and everything's about dancing. <laughs> you know, really? everything's about dancing. Everybody dances from the kids to the oldest. You didn't people. bring any dance videos of oh, you man, dancing. I got some in my car, but, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody dances, and they just start playing music, and then p- crowds just start coming and. Typically, the, the crowds come because there's a strange white guy. I don't know why. You know? <laughs> so all the kids come and they're like, oh, my God, the white man, the white man. You know? and, uh, but everybody starts coming and then they just play music, play music. And then uh, you just grab the mic and you just, I mean, you just, it's, so, it's so raw. You know what I'm saying? You just grab the mic and you tell them as simple as you can why you're there. And right. it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. One thing that really impressed me, um, you had gone on one of your missions trips and you were given a slide presentation that I was sitting through. Um, and you mentioned that people would show up for a revival service up to five or six hours early. Yeah. Is that so? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they're there all day long, but Africa never starts on time, <laughs> ever. It's, it's, I guess it's a lot of like our cultural churches here. I grew up <laughs> in a cultural church too, so it's like, I mean, you never start on time, and but uh, you know, you'll get there on time the people have been there like three hours in advance ready to to uh, start service and your service is supposed to start at 10 and service doesn't start to like 12 you know and people are but they're there just singing and singing and dancing right they're not complaining no, oh, man, star no, no, never it's like they sing for hours before in preparation dancing for hours before and go right to the service and if you you're there for like 20 minutes you know even if uh uh, sometimes I think I'm long-winded, but if I'm like 45 minutes or an hour speaking and you walk off the stage, they look at you like, that's it? <laughs> really? Like, that's like, we came out all this way and we've been waiting to hear what God had to say and you're, you're done? And some of these people, they, they like walk miles, oh, and walk miles and miles and miles. We had actually with one of the events that we did in Malawi uh, this past time, uh, we did a medical, out, uh, medical mission. We were giving out glasses and we had people coming from 10 hours away. Uh, on bus, uh, hitching rides on cars to make it to our event. It was, it was, it's sad. It's crazy. You're that looking, you're like, crazy. I can't believe it. And we yeah. complain because we got to cross a bridge Imagine or, yeah, oh no, I can't. It's raining today. I can't drive to church. Meanwhile, yeah. these people are just walking just miles walking and miles and miles. That's crazy. We're just so spoiled in the U.S. Oh, uh, one thing I do have is I have a video clip from your from your website. Okay. It's the the promo for the Malawi Initiative. And if you know, we'll be able to go to the website later. We're going to give you the web address and everything, okay. so you can check it out. But uh, I want you guys to see this video clip, and then we're going to come back and talk about it because I found some statistics on your site that I want you to break it down for oh, cool. us to let us know. So check it out. It's a Malawi Initiative video. It's a one-minute promo clip. So you check it out right here, Ratfest Radio, RatfestRadio.com. Show. 
So there you go. That's the uh, one minute promo of the Malawi Initiative. And right now on the web on the bottom of the screen here, you see MalawiInitiative.org. The MalawiInitiative.org. So you want to check it out to get more information. Now tell us the statistics. I didn't memorize them. Okay. But your website had some incredible statistics about how many people you fed and, mm-hmm. and prayed for and all of that. So give us give us a breakdown. Absolutely. This past trip we did um, we broke it down into different tracks of trip. We did a, a children's outreach, a medical missions, an evangelistic outreach, and a pastors and leaders conference. So it was, it was a uh, intense uh, trip. So this is one of those things where it's like. I'm telling you, where we see God do crazy things, and we totally, I undershot God this whole trip, you know. <laughs> and when we were preparing with our team, we were preparing for uh, with the children's ministries, and uh, when we were getting everything together, we brought a puppet stage and all this kind of stuff. Nice. And um, when we were getting set up, I, I was, I was like going by faith, man. I was like, I was like, God, please don't like you know mess me up here. And I was telling our team <laughs> beforehand, especially those that was first time to Africa, I was like, maybe the first night we'll have forty kids. The second night, we'll have 70 kids, and maybe by the third night, I will have 150 kids. I'm like, God, please let there be 150 kids. And uh, the first night, we were a little late getting there, and when we got in, there was almost 600 kids waiting for us the first night. And, oh, we're, and we're like, oh, man. 600 and kids? It was crazy. And they were like, okay, God. And so we did this thing where we had done the, the children's outreach, and we were going to give each kid that came a bag of food. And uh, so, you know, uh, Malawi is like the second or third poorest nation in the world. And uh, 17% of the population of it has AIDS. And it's really, really sad. There's a lot of orphans and stuff. So we're like, we're going to direct uh, our attention just to the kids. And we're gonna, if they come to the VBS or the Children's Hours or whatever it was, we're, we're going to give them a bag of food, uh, each kid. So we came and we're like, so the first uh, day before the service, we prepared like 320 bags. And we're like, all right, God, you know, we're going to prepare all the bags of food for the, all three days. And we get there and we're like, oh, man, <laughs> what do we do? And it was one of those things where we just were like, okay, God, we're going to give out the food. And we started giving out the food and the food stopped when the last kid got food. And, uh, and God has been doing crazy things. So with, with our kids, we were estimating like hopefully that we're going to reach maybe 300 kids in total by the end of the trip. And uh, by the end of the trip that we were there, we reached like. 2,400 kids. Wow. And, uh, just, what, what age groups when you say uh, kids? Kids uh, from like zero because, <laughs> uh, you know. Infants. Right? You know, kids strapped to other kids <laughs> on their back just bring them. Uh, from infants to um, like 15, 16 years old. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So we were, it, it was it was intense. It was so intense. And uh, it was one of those things. So we bought food there. And uh, so that's the thing. If you guys out there love like rice and beans, like Malawi is a place for you because you eat, <laughs> really? you eat rice and beans every meal. And that, like, really? Every meal. So, yeah, yeah. Sounds but, pretty good. Yeah. Maybe I will go to Malawi. Yeah, maybe I will go to Malawi. <laughs> so it's, uh, the food's there. Um, but uh, uh, so we bought rice and beans and some of those kids uh you know their staple food is cornmeal. Okay. But um, so they'll if if they can they'll maybe eat rice like three or four times a year. So each night when we fed them we gave them a bag of rice and a bag of beans. So it was like a huge thing for them uh, to get that. Wow. And by the time even with the food uh, we were able when it came down to how many meals we were able to feed almost four thousand four thousand kids. Uh, with the food we prepared and it's crazy because like those numbers are like wow oh my gosh you know when I we got through it I was like wow 4,000 people and then you're in that country and you're like that's nobody right, yeah. God that's nobody like we didn't even we didn't even make a dent you know but but they heard the message so that part was intense then we did our, our medical missions trip which we uh, uh, brought like thousands of pairs of glasses 
with us to Malawi, and uh, we set up a team. We were doing an eye care um, uh, part, and uh, we were able to distribute like 871 pairs of glasses. Wow. And um, it was that was awesome because that was like totally one of those hidden agenda things. Like, yeah, come come on, we're gonna give you a pair. We're gonna help your sight. And uh, so we set up in the church, and um, so they came, and uh, we had four stations. We had a registration station. Then the second station is where we checked their, their eyesight. The third station where they received glasses. And the fourth station was a prayer station, but where they had to return their registration card. And every single person that came through the, uh, the eye care that was presenting the gospel, every single one received Christ. Wow. It was intense. That's awesome. Yeah, it was intense. That's awesome. We got to the point where there was, uh, there's a, I, was, I said earlier, there's a lot of, uh, there's a big Muslim community. And we had a lot of Muslim people come through uh, the eye care uh, event. And before they got to the prayer booth, they would ask, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And we're saying, we're here to give you sight physically. But, uh, but the reason we're doing this is because Jesus can give you like spiritual sight. He can uh, get you out of the mess that you're in. <coughs> and before they even made it to the prayer booth, they would find our leaders and they would say, we believe, we want to be Christians. We believe, this is, we want this. We want this. It, it was. I've never seen. Never seen salvation. That's like awesome. That. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, but now you said you you gave out glasses. You guys buy these glasses, or what? What happens? We How does that happen? It was one of those. We started buying them, and uh, we were freaking out because we we're like, God, where are we going to get glasses? Because there's so it's many expensive, it's expensive, and, yeah. and every kind of uh, um, or a combination, combination, right? right? And uh, so, like two weeks before we went to Malawi, we only had like 200 pairs of glasses, and we're like, God, we're we're stuck. And we prayed, and we, and we had been praying, God, give us favor with man, give us favor in all things. And all of a sudden, we found this one organization. It was a, it was a Lions Club of New Jersey, and they called us, and uh, they said, you can have uh, as many glasses as you want of any kind of prescription. And we went to the factory, and we took like f maybe like 3,000 pairs of glasses from them. And uh, when we brought them back uh, to, the, to our house to try to sort through them, we couldn't, we couldn't take them all. It was too many. And we're like, God, this is nuts. You know, we were hurting for this, and you just provided so much. We, we had boxes in our garage that we couldn't take with us. So you have for the next trips. We have for the next trips, and and uh, so, but uh, yeah, but so many people donated glasses. Churches got together and they they sent us glasses, used glasses. So if you're blind and you have extra pair of glasses, you know, hook us up. But uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, we took everybody's used glasses, and uh, they definitely found purpose in Malawi. But as you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that you know, hook us up. If you're out there and you and you have stuff that you're thinking, man, I, I have the, maybe somebody's saying right now, you know what? That's true. I have eight pairs of glasses and I only use two. You know, I could have given them. How can somebody get in touch with you guys? Is all the information on the website? Every, all the information on the web. We have a PO box. It's PO box uh, fifty two in Harrison, New York, and. Um, yeah, we just uh, but the web has everything, uh, all our contact information. But but if you have glasses or sunglasses or things like that, and, and if they're you know if if you can wear them and they're in usable condition, you know we'll take yeah, them. not missing yeah, a not, lens. not missing like a lens or like you know scratched up where you can't see through. One, just one uh, one leg on. <laughs> you have to have tape on them. Yeah, just you know, Salvation Army. Tape in the middle. <laughs> tape in the middle looks yeah. nerdy, but you know. But yeah, yeah. Keep no, but that's so. If you have glasses, what else? What else? I mean, let's, I don't know. It's not a telephone or nothing like that. Sure. But if there's people out there watching, people that are downloading this, you know, this is this show is going to be a podcast and the holy hip-hop community, the Christian hip-hop okay. community is going to be listening to this. How can they help? We need $3 million. No, we, well, <laughs> wait, wait, that's my blog. That's my, you're reading my line. Oh, so, oh, that was a teleprompter said. Yeah, no, we need, uh, we need a lot of money. But, um... You know, there's a there's a connection that we were talking when you said earlier. There's a lot of similarities and differences from uh, Rap Fest to the Malawi Initiative, and one of the sim similarities when I went to Malawi the first time, and I had mentioned this once, but uh, 
it was crazy when I, when I was there and I saw the community and saw the, the young people. Um, they have like, there's like, you know, one TV channel in Malawi, you know, and they, and they play, they promote all Malawian culture and stuff. And there was like some, I call it bootleg, but some uh, teenagers and, and young adults that got on there and it was totally secular, but tried to do like some rap, like rap was starting to be up and coming in Malawi. Oh, okay. And I sat back and I'm like, man, what an untapped market. And I was like, Rap Fest would be ideal in Malawi because they need that. They don't have that Christian influence in that kind of culture. You know what I'm saying? So uh, so the similarity would be um, if, if there's a, in the hip hop culture, we would love to take a Christian, R&B Christian rap to Malawi, be able to take discs with us and just be able to distribute. When we have our, our um, evangelistic outreaches, there's so many... Uh, there's so many young adults and teenagers that just get lost because there's nothing there's nothing that that pulls them and something like that would be like ideal would be huge wow so you heard that right you have thousand cds that you haven't sold yet you say ah it's an old cd nobody's buying it don't worry about it ship them out to the malawi initiative and they'll take them to africa and hand them out to these kids they're they're in need of this stuff and you know we want to put our ministries out there we say yeah we're doing this for those people that really need but you know they can't afford to buy it and we can bless them actually what if what if one of the artists says man i would love to go on one of these trips is that possible that absolutely we're starting to uh in the next year we go once a year to malawi we're we want to expand that even more but when we go uh our hope is to to eventually be able to do something almost like rap fest in malawi uh, have an evangelistic service in the city uh, area and be able to do to promote uh, Christian uh, uh, rap, Christian R and B, uh, and and be able to be a plug for those people, a uh, plug for the teenagers and young adults there. So absolutely, uh, all the information you can go through the website to contact us. But uh, our hope is to plan trips where we can take artists with us and and just have an amazing evangelistic outreach in Africa. Wow, I'm yeah. telling you, if you haven't gone to the website yet, you need to do that. Uh, the MalawiInitiative.org. Check it out. Make sure you uh, contact Pastor Ray. Please Let him know, know that you're interested. Even if you just say, hey, I can't go, but I'm praying for you. I'm sure that's encouraging. That's the you know, thing. Or if you look around your house, you have extra glasses, sunglasses, maybe even fitted caps. You know, many of us yeah. walk around with like 10, 12 hats and we only use one. You know, whatever it is, find out how you can help, how you could get involved. I'm sure there's an email address on the website as well where Absolutely. you can hit them up. And and tell them, you know, we want to get, oh, it's there, Ray at the Malawi Initiative. Or it's R A I, because he can't spell Ray. I can't spell R A I. While I'm talking about this, let me make some quick announcements before I forget. This weekend at the Sanctuary Fellowship Church, the church that I attend, uh, 1469 St. Peter's Avenue, Friday and Saturday, we have the River Worship Conference. It's a worship experience. We're asking everybody to come out. It's completely free, it's going to be Friday night. From 7 o'clock until I don't know what time. And then Saturday is going to be an all-day thing. There's going to be a bunch of different workshops and different sessions, breakout sessions that we'll go to. And also worship. We have worshipers that are in town from like Oklahoma and from other places as well. So we're just going to all come together to do worship. I think that's a good thing. Uh, also, what other announcement we have coming up? Oh, the Rap Fest Presence Volume 3. Nice. Now... Unfortunately, we're not we're not printing them. But if we were printing them, I would. Get, they're free, you know. We could download, but it, they only have dial up. It's not going to yeah. help, you know. One song per week, they'll be able to download. <laughs> uh, but if hey, if, if somebody wants to do it, the album is going to come out in December, December twenty first. It's going to be available free online. About thirty two tracks, I think, is what we have in in the works right now. You could download them, print up a couple of thousand, ship them to Ray. 
Ray could take him out to Malawi and, and you know, give him out to people. Ratfest Presence Volume 3 is coming out December 21st. It's going to be a free download online. I believe it's going to be on holyculture.net. And we'll have other outlets for you to pick it up as well. Completely free. We encourage bootleg of this project only. <laughs> uh, everybody has donated. We have so many artists that have really? just come up. Yeah, man. Producers, here's 10 tracks. I got an email today from somebody. You still need more tracks? I said, no, we're oh, good. Wow. You know, because people are just uh, chipping in. And I think this is it's the same message what you're saying. You know, we That's need right. to support each other. So let's let's try to support the Malawi Initiative as well. Uh, do I have any other announcements? I know this Saturday is the Coffee House Refuge is going to be there as well as... Uh, Simple Faith, that's at the Salem Coffee House, SalemCoffeeHouse.com for those details. Don't forget Ratfest Presence Volume 3 in December, uh, the River Conference this weekend. Check it out. Go to SanctuaryFellowship.org or just check my Facebook page. I have the banner there with all the information that's going to happen at Sanctuary Fellowship this weekend. It's going to be crazy off the hook. You're going to be there. Um, man, this is this is so encouraging, man, to know that, you know, we're, we need to reach out to people, you know, and what, what I... Well, I guess what I wanted to ask is how how difficult or you've done ministry in New York mm-hmm. in the in the in the streets of New York, whether it be in White Plains or in the Bronx or wherever. What are the similarities? Are there any extra challenges in New York besides the fact that you know we we do want to check everything, like we don't just yeah, buy yeah, anything yeah. you said, you know? But for yourself, are there any particular challenges that you go across, come across, whether it be here or there, that you know? Yeah, there's. There's definitely like the challenges here. Like the biggest challenge uh, of all is like you have to you have to prove it. You have to prove Christianity to people here, and that's I guess the unfortunate side. But there's been so much like you know messing up of uh, so many people have messed up Christ here that true, uh, you, true. you have to you have to really prove something. But on the other side, like what greater you know really what greater place to, to do it you know that that we're called here, and that's what I love about being a New Yorker and being here is that. Man, there's no better people to reach than New Yorkers, you know, that you, you have to know your stuff to be able to prove Christianity, you know, it really right. pushes you to, uh, to know God. Uh, so, the, but the similarities, the biggest similarities is that, you know what, there's hurting people here in New York and there's hurting people in, in Malawi. And, the, and the, the, the hurt is universal. Like, the mm. things that people face, like, even though Malawi is really poor and, you know, New Yorkers maybe, you know, there's poor sections, there's rich sections, there's middle class, whatever. But when you pass the money issue, like people are still hurting, you know what I'm saying? There's there's, right. there's still family uh, issues that are happening and uh, problems with with uh, children and um, and problems at home. And it's crazy that that's the biggest similarity. Like the message that you preach here, that Christ restores, is the same message. Like you don't have to change your message at all. And that's mm. the biggest thing that that I always think about is like if I have to change my message from if I have to change the Christ that I preach in New York to to preach in Malawi. Then I don't think it's a true message, you know. Like, why do I right. have to change it? Yeah, I mean, there's. Th- I see. No, but I, I feel change. what you're saying. But he he transcends all of that. God meets. There's hurt everywhere, and he fills the gap for every hurt. That's that's crazy, and that's you know, we we talk about that with the artists all the time. You know, when you go to a certain church and you have to change your songs because of the people there, then maybe you shouldn't be doing those songs anyway. Yeah. You know, your your song has to be universal because you don't know which song is going to bless who. Unless, you know, you're doing this club banger type song you right, want for right, the right. youth that aren't really paying attention. You could sing anything you want. They don't care. Or you have a song that's really going to affect somebody. You know, that's the same thing with the message. You got to keep the message, be consistent, and keep it Christ. That's right. You know, keep it Christ. So are you limited to only Africa? Uh, no. No. We're Okay. This is our, this is our like, in the future scope. Okay. Okay. When we started the Malawi Initiative, we're like, God, we just want 
amazing things to happen. So we're we're um, putting everything to test in Malawi. Like we have some awesome things in store. Uh, I, I don't know if it, I didn't say this before. So if you're trying to figure out like what in the world is the Malawi Initiative, what do we do? <laughs> what we do is uh, we have like three tracks in the Malawi Initiative. The three initiatives: the uh, Faith Initiative, Hope Initiative, and Love Initiative. The Faith Initiative focuses just on churches. Like we we built our we just built our first church in Malawi, and we bought land for another church. And, oh, nice! And uh, so uh, we pour into pastors and train pastors and leaders on on being uh, better leaders and being able to reach where they're at. That's our Faith Initiative. Then our Hope Initiative, we have orphans that we sponsor, do orphan sponsorship. We're in the process of, of uh, going through the steps of building our first school in Malawi. And uh, the medical missions is under our Hope Initiative. That's just meeting the people, regardless if they know Christ or not, because after we meet them, they're going to know Christ. Amen. Amen. So, gonna, so that's our Hope Initiative. Then our Faith, our faith Hope, and Love, our Love Initiative is... is actualizing the uh, faith and hope is taking teams to Malawi that's our love initiative is bringing people and putting their hands in Malawi dirt and letting them be there and and, and feel what Malawi is uh, is about so I think I forgot your question. What, you <laughs> no, uh, what was I asking you? Oh, sorry. I was asking you about the, is there anything else outside of Africa? Is, oh, oh, just yeah, limited right, to right, Africa? Right, right. See, see, that's aging. You lose it. But uh, no, no. So uh, we're we're putting everything to practice in Malawi, and then our hope is to create a greater organization and uh, Malawi be one track. So then, uh, oh, okay. we're already getting invites for like. Um, uh, for Tanzania, for Zambia, for Mozambique, and then so we'll create an organization that reaches those places. You know, we're going to be in India in a few months, so we want to work that there. Uh, we have uh, some uh, open doors uh, in the Pacific that we want to. So we, everything that we're doing, we just want to be able to reproduce that worldwide and say, you know what, it's not limited just helping one group of people. Christ came to help all, so we want to perfect it in one place and then duplicate that around the world. That's so. awesome. So India's in the works India's and in the works. other parts of Africa in the works mm-hmm. and you know coming to a country near you coming soon. To a country near you. That's right. <laughs> you know, that that's awesome. You know, we have friends in, in Japan, some friends from Nigeria that, that they watch this or they see the, the podcast, they email us, um, in London and all and I always ask them how's how's ministry over there? <clears throat> and it's true, it all sounds similar. You know, for us the only barrier would be language in, right. in some of these places. But it's like you said, the message is the same. There's people in need in Africa. There's people in need in New York. There's people in need in Puerto Rico. There's people in need in Italy. Wherever you go, there's people in need. It's just a matter of finding somebody there to address those needs. And that's what that's what you're doing, man. And we, we appreciate that. We, we love that. So what do you do ministry-wise here locally in here New York? Locally in New York. Uh, well, uh, right now I am filling the evangelistic office. Uh, we're just uh, traveling around. I do some church consulting and uh, helping different churches be able just to get on track and and uh, figure out, get through their problems. Unfortunately, it's one of the craziest things, you know, you learn how to deal with problems by going through problems. Yeah. So I was like, man, I've been a lot through a lot of problems, and you know who I'm talking about. No, no, no. So if you're watching, you see me. The no, expert, no, no. expert, expert problem solver. But, um, but we're just uh, traveling uh, quite a bit, uh, and uh, in works, we're, we're setting things up in the next few months. We're going to be launching a, a new church in uh, here in New York. And uh, oh, so nice. we're taking everything that we're doing overseas and we're saying, well, if it's going to work anywhere, it's got to work home first, you know. Yeah, so, testing yeah, grounds, testing, testing grounds. So we're going to do it here. But And that's the craziest thing. Like, what better place? And, you know, everybody says, uh, you know, it's great to go to different countries and, and go around the world, but you have the whole world right here as well. So we're going to we're gonna push everything here in, in launching a church and uh, being able to just um, get people missions-minded, get 
people thinking about the awesome. world and thinking about what they could do to to bring Christ to people and then and then go from there. Amen. Y'all got to know Pastor Ray to know Pastor Ray. He he has such a great heart for just ministry in general. I had the pleasure of being in church with That's Pastor amazing, Ray for a few years and I mean, his preaching is off the hook. If you went to the night before Rap Fest a few years ago and heard him, you know what I'm talking about. It's straight in your face. This is what it is. There's no gimmicks, no tricks, and nothing like that. Um, I I always told him I know what church he should be going to, but I can't tell him where to go. You know, uh, that's just my selfish self. You know, but uh, to be planted a church in New York, that's awesome. And is that I'm sure that information will be available eventually yeah, yeah. when when it all comes. You know. When it all happens. Yeah, we're working location right now, so I can't tell you where it is because I don't know. So, no, no. It's, it's just online right now. It's just now. online. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's anywhere you are. Yeah, anywhere right. you are. That's just right. www.pastorray.org. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, but that's, that's, that's good, man, because we need, we need New York needs a lot of churches, a lot of pastors. Mm -hmm. You know, there's never enough pastors. Sometimes there's too many pastors, but there's never enough that's pastors. True, if that man. makes any sense. You know, everybody wants to be a pastor just to be in charge of something. But when you have a heart for missions, you, you got to, you, I'm sure your church, your local church is going to have no choice but to be in love with missions at, oh, you know, goodness, at one point. That, that's, it's got to be. A, a pastor who loves missions naturally is going to birth a bunch of members that love missions at one point or at least know what it takes to, to get missions happening. Well, a, you know, we're thinking about that and we're like, it's crazy sometimes when you go to different places and, and you try to not pitch the whole idea of missions, but you try to, to let people know what missions is about. And uh, our thought was if we could go into go into a church plant and from the very beginning, like our, our hope is that we, we launch in uh, early spring. And so we're launching early spring and then in the summer, in like July or August, we're taking our next trip to Africa. So we're like, you know what? People are going to get it from the very beginning. They're going to they're gonna know that we are a missions a missions-minded people, and uh, and we're here to reach not only our community, but we're here to reach the world. So that's awesome, man. I, I'm I'm really excited, really excited for you, and you know, and your wife Jen, and you have two beautiful kids. Actually, yes. one, your son is here, isn't he? He's running around somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Can we find him? Where's he at? Marco, come. Come here, buddy. Come, Marco. Come here, pal. Here's our future, our future missionary. Uh, that's right. This is the little guy. Little little Mr. Malawi initiative right there. Hey, what are you going to be when you grow up? Huh? Can you tell everybody what you're going to be? Like, no. no. They, don't, they don't need to know that. We don't, we don't know him that well yet. You're not ready for that information. What does he usually say? He says it. He says uh, he's going to be a preacher and he's going to read the Bible. Huh? Yeah. He's my little buddy. And you're going right. to come to Africa? Yeah, he's waiting to come to Africa. He wants to go this time, but <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, both of them—they're—they uh, they are psyched. They—they uh, they even made some crafts, uh, a few hundred crafts that we took to the kids uh, in Malawi, and it's—it's it's great. You know what? It's—it's it's not just because we do it, but you—you you instill in kids uh, a heart for people, and they're—they're um, they're ready. So they're ready to. Amen. I mean, trip. and it's important. We we do it all the time with our family. We try our best to get them involved in whatever we do. Alice and I, you know, we've been doing Rap Fest for the last 17 years, and they've always been involved, whether it be late night making the badges that the artists wear around their neck or just putting labels on 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 putting labels on folders for the artists with their information or whatever it is. But they've been involved, and and it's true. Once once they get involved when they're young, when they get older, they'll just keep doing. They'll keep doing it. <laughs> I gotta go. Run, 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 run. You gotta go. Okay, be careful. 
<laughs> that was that was Minister Marco. Minister Marco. That's, right. Minister Marco. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Oh. That's awesome. We had a we had a youngster come here once. Uh, he saw he heard my voice on the podcast with his dad. He was driving, and he was like, "Oh man, Bird is famous." I want to be on, I want to be famous with him or something like that. So we had him come one day. And he read our announcements for us. Oh, it was so real? cool. Yeah, we we love we love to you know to train the kids is a, is a great thing. He wants to come back. You oh. forgot to say something. Do you need to say something? All right, tell him what you're gonna do, and then you can run off. Tell him what you're gonna do. Do you remember? You're gonna preach. What are you gonna read? Read the Bible. You're gonna read All the right. Bible. All right. That's good. All good, right. Good work. Nice. All right. Go we preach. We look forward to that. Go preach and read. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, man. To train your kids. <laughs> I can see you now running after him in Africa. Oh, man. Just <laughs> Stop that kid. That's okay. <laughs> well, I can't miss him. <laughs> so, um, you know, can I say this really messed Go up? Take, just, just thinking about like the, you know, the whole white thing. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know. In Africa, I stand out like a sore thumb, and I'm like, I'm not even like white, right? You know, like, absolutely. Like, uh, well, I guess I am, but you know. <laughs> but uh, I was like, I, I, olive skin, uh, you know. And uh, there, I stuck out like a sore thumb. And we went to this one village, and uh, the kids were. When the kids saw me, I was the first white guy that they had seen, really? and they were screaming and freaking out and crying, crying, crying. And every time I went near them, they would like, you know, run back and get so afraid. And I was like, Why are they doing that? And they said that the older people said that the, the white guy eats the little black children. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, come on, man. I'm You're a monster. I don't you know what you're going to do that. I'm, I'm trying to tell them about Christ. You're telling them I eat them. So, but it was crazy. And so. you're like, come here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah, that's up. great. They messed you up. You can't go back to that village. You can't go back to that village. I'm, I'm banned from that one village. Yeah, posters <laughs> up. That's right. That's right. They just have a oh, white man. circle. Man, that, that's cool. So... As you as you continue with your with your missions and your ministry, what what's your most pressing need right now? You My know, most to, pressing need for 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 Malawi. Yeah. The, the biggest need for Malawi right now is we are in the works of um, of, of pushing the school there, and school is so big because um, there's there's government led schools in Malawi, but they're uh, it's really funny how it works. Like the public schools is by um, by what what part of the town you live in like if you're really okay. poor you go to the worst public school <laughs> and oh. if you're a little better off you go to the better sounds like school. zoning in the united yeah <laughs> new york <laughs> maybe i was talking about new york but uh, no it's uh the so that that's how it's set up so if, if you can go to a private school you're doing really good you have a better chance to make it into a college so they, they pick only the best students to push forward and make something okay. in their lives so um our our goal is to by the end of this year to have the have the ground and everything to start our own school and what we're going to do is we're going to make a public, uh, a private school, and uh, we're going to accept. Like, say, if we have a hundred students, we're going to accept like uh, f- fifty students that are going to pay to attend, and then we're going to give fifty orphans a scholarship to go. So, oh, so, nice. so it joins together, and then we'll be able. Once we do that in one town, our goal is that everything that we do, we want to keep reproducing it. So, like last year, it, things moved really quickly. We bought a piece of land, and and we built a, an awesome church, an amazing church there. The church is complete. And on this trip, we already bought our next piece of land to build the next church. So oh, it's like great. we want to once we do something, we want to keep it. How long does it take to build? Like after as as soon as the money is there, like uh, it's, really? it's nuts. Like the church can go up so fast, and this is crazy. Like you, if I can just talk money for a second, in the sense of letting you know how much money goes to a certain place. 
Malawians make like less than a dollar a day, okay? Mm. But they work like they like hard workers. It's uh, a good salary. It's like yeah. I mean, if you work your butt off here in New York, and like you'd be crazy. You're working a full like twelve hour day, and you get paid a buck, you know. And uh, so it's they're crazy. they're hard workers. They make less than a dollar a day. So we bought a piece of land uh, to build this church on. It's like a uh, I guess what a lot would be here, like a 150 feet by 150. It's a good sized piece of land, and it was like 1,500 bucks uh, to buy the land. And then uh, the complete church, we built a, a church there that'll seat like 700 people, and the complete church and everything uh, costs like not even 10 grand. And uh, and we and have, this is a, a nice building, you know, nice structure for yeah, for Malawi. Yeah, for Malawi, it's it's I mean nice structure. So uh, for like ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars, we got land and built an amazing church. And so we just bought our next piece of land. And what we did is, uh, so the, the, two, the two biggest needs we have, one is, is helping uh, funding for the school, but we're in the process of buying a brick-making machine. We saw this there because they, they make bricks by hand, okay? They just, oh, wow. The dirt is just clay. They mix the clay with water, and they have these one-brick molds, and they make these molds. And uh, when the bricks dry, they're like, you know, every shape and everything like that. And I'm like, they're like, they're good. I'm like, they're not good. You know? can't, they can't just roll to Home <laughs> Depot and pick up bricks. No, not at all. Oh, not at all. It's, everything's made right from the dirt. That's crazy. And uh, so we found these brick-making machines, and uh, they make these awesome big blocks, and they're, they're made with cement and the dirt, and the structure is, is unbelievable. So if we're able to get one brick-making machine, we're going to take that brick-making machine to every piece of land that we buy for churches, and it's all in-house. Like, once we own the machine, we don't have to pay to make the building, because oh, we okay. just go on the property and uh, use the dirt buy some cement but uh we could just reproduce in the cycle so once we own the machine we can keep building churches and it'll speed up your process speed up our process it'll take 10 days to make all the bricks for the church that's crazy that's, yeah. stuff we take for granted over here we're like looking let's see if we rent this church now nah, i don't yeah. like the way the windows look <laughs> you know no. uh the ac is kind of low or whatever you know and over there is straight from dirt no straight from dirt and, and you know what and god uses the situations when i went there we had built the church, so when we went to visit the church this year, it was so crazy because uh, this is one of those crazy testimonies of what God did. The We didn't realize that when we, we bought it through our the, our pastor over there, and we didn't know that he had bought the land from the witch doctor. And I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. So when we were doing the medical mission on the church property, the witch doctor's wife came over, and she was like, what are you guys doing here and everything? So we're telling her what we're doing. And uh, one of our, our ladies was sitting down with her for a while, and then all of a sudden we realized, we looked over, and uh, the witch doctor's wife had received Christ. Oh, it was, wow, like, it, was nice. like, yeah, it was crazy. It was like, so all these little pieces that mixed together end up being phenomenal miracles that God does. That's awesome. And, yeah. and again, I, I keep tying it into Rap Fest. You know, remember the Rap Fest we had oh, in the streets, yeah. right, that you, that you were a part of? That one lady that was by the truck. That's right. And she kind of represents the witch doctor's wife. That's right. You know, she was there. She was spraying some unknown chemical into the air. Yeah, trying you know, to mess everything up. Trying to mess everything up. She had this look in her eyes that if, you know, it, like you see on TV, like you could have seen two rays come out and just like and zap you. And through prayer, I remember many of the pastors and leaders that were together. there. We got together, we prayed, and that lady was like frozen by that truck for the longest time. At the end, she walked away with a Bible and right. CDs and stuff. But, you know, it's it's a lot of similarities. Those are the challenges we have. When you do street ministry, when you do missions, it's the same thing. I mean, to us, this is missions. Our, the Bronx, the streets, the park, that's our missions field. You know, we live here, but we do it here. You know, and it, it's it's awesome, man. It's it's incredible to know that there's people out there like yourself, and I'm sure there's others that are watching that are, that are you know, feeling the same urge. And, you know, so what do you tell somebody who's sitting there right now saying, 
I'd love to go to Africa. Maybe not understand. Maybe do not it, understanding do it, why. Just do it. Just do it. It's one of those things you have to go, and, and not just Africa. You got to go somewhere. Uh, be involved in. Be involved in any kind of missions, but be involved in missions. That is the. <laughs> That's the heartbeat of God, man, is missions. Because missions isn't just the name missions or going to another country or something. It's it's going somewhere to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to do a missions trip. It's just to, to be able to go and say, God, use me however you want to use me. And that's the thing. If you don't know where you fit in, just just come you know what i mean we need we need sound people there we need uh uh people to to set up we need people just to stand there and pray and people just to to just be there as a support and uh, it changes your life it changes your life yeah right again back rap fest we need everybody that's right you You, know we we, we've 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 gone through these conversations before rap fest you know what you somebody said oh i don't do sound i don't rap i don't do what can i do just be there just be there just be there because it makes a difference it encourages the the rest of the leadership and the staff as well to know that there's other people behind them just you know you know you just get a little weak you need to lean on somebody for a few seconds like hey yo could you just hold this for a second all right cool thanks now let's go you know it makes recharged again it makes a world of difference we had a few people that went with us that kept saying it's better. I'd rather send my money. It'll go such a far, a longer way than me buying a plane ticket to go to Malawi. I could do so much more uh, with the money in Malawi than than going there. And it was just you gotta go. You just gotta go. And when they were there, just them being there, the people were broken, and they were like, "Thank you that you would actually come from America and 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 be there in Malawi." And that's the same, I guess, even with with Rap Fest. It's like. You know, just, you know, yeah, support it in every way. But just going there shows shows the world, shows the people there that don't know Christ, wow, there is a family, there's a support system right. that I want to plug into and be right. a part of it. It makes the gospel just, just move. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes that makes so much sense, man. And, and again, we, we're, we're praying that the Lord will continue opening doors for you and Thank just you. Leading, leading you where, wherever it is that you have to be and whatever you have to do. I'm sure he's got it planned out, whether you know it or not. He has <laughs> no, it. Not. He, yeah, yeah, he better have it planned out because you don't know what you're <laughs> doing. <right? laughs> that's that's how we say it. we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to follow the heartbeat of God. You know, whichever way He takes us, we go. Uh, so there you have the MalawiInitiative.org. That's the website you want to check out after this interview. And you know, just even if it's just an email of encouragement saying thank you for sharing, or even if you have some questions you couldn't ask today for whatever reason, you know, you want to send it to Pastor Ray. He'll, I'm sure he'll be more than happy Please, to answer yeah. them uh, and let you know what's going on with with Africa. I want to take you out of Africa for for the last few seconds of this sure. interview, and I just want to dig into your heart. You know, for those people that are listening, we're done. We're, the interview's done. After we're finished here, we got a music video to play, and we're done. We're, I'm going to go eat some apple pie my wife made. Uh, it's nice. smelling good, and I've been waiting to have some <laughs> for the whole hour. That's something like, no yeah, there's, there's more. Better, Don't tell me there's no more. more. <laughs> better start baking. <laughs> but um, I want to take you away from the missions, right. uh, as, as away from the missions as you can possibly get, I guess. Away from Africa, away from everything else. What is God placing in your heart for the just for the people in general right now you know as a, as a as a minister of the gospel as a pastor as a preacher as an ordained minister with the assemblies of god as you know as a bible school graduate you know what what what's burning in your heart for the for people right now man you know what when it comes down to it nothing matters all like the i mean all like the the schooling, all like the big stuff you do, all the events, even Africa, like if nothing, like 
even hooking you up to Africa, like if, if you have a heart for Africa or you want to do something like this, I hope that at the end of this, maybe you, that you don't even get, you know, I, I'm not here to pull you into Africa. Right. But it's like, man, God is calling is calling your name. God, he doesn't lose sight. And that's, I guess, my, been my journey through this. And, and it's kind of changed my message lately. Like even when I, when I go places and, and I speak and I preach, like my message has changed so much because I'm starting to realize like, God is there with us, you know, he, he's, he walks with us every step of the way, and when traumatizing things happen, he's still there with us, he's Amen. still walking Amen. with us, and uh, I, 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 if I can use this one Bible story that I've been plagued with for the past like, year, I, I can't shake it, but it's Jarius, uh, when Jarius came to Jesus, and his daughter died, like that's a huge thing, his daughter, his daughter right. was dying, and he went to Jesus and said, you know, I need help, I need help, can you come, my daughter's dying, and Jesus walks with Jarius, and on the way, uh, the woman with the issue of blood interrupts, and she gets healed. And then all of a sudden, his servants come and say, oh, don't bother Jesus She's anymore. Down. Your daughter died. And I've been thinking about that. I'm like, man, that sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, here we go. Like, like you spend so much time like, like pushing after God, pushing after Jesus, and you're following him, following him, following him. It seems like he's touching everybody else, but not you. Hmm. you know? And in the end, you realize that he never left Jarius. He was walking with him continually. And that's been like the story of my life, I guess. And I guess maybe it could be your story too. Like, like you're walking, it seems like everything's happening everywhere else. But Jesus never leaves us. And he's always walking with us. And then when the right time happens, man, boom, he does this huge miracle. And he raises, he raises his, his daughter from the dead. And it's like he's waiting for that opportunity to do in, in my life, in, in your life, in our ministries. And whoever's listening, he's waiting to do that in their life too. You know, your life isn't insignificant. You're not lost. You're not, he's not touching everybody else and forgetting you. He's walking with you down that road so he can do the greatest miracle he's ever done. And uh, I, I just can't shake that lately. It's, Amen. That's, that's deep. That's deep though. You know, because many times he doesn't give up on us, but... We, we act like he did. Oh, for sure. You know, we act like, oh, he forgot about me. Look, how he blessed that sister. How he blessed that brother. Not me. He hasn't left you yet. It's just That's not right. your time. It's just not your time. You know, just just wait. Again, wait on God. Wait just on wait him. Wait on God. But he never leaves us. He's waiting to do it. Amen. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. So there you go. Tonight, you know your mission. You have, you're an artist. You have CDs to spare. Hit up the MalawiInitiative.org. Find out how you can get these uh, CDs shipped over to Pastor Ray and the Malawi Initiative so they can take them over to Africa and bless people out there. They need your music. Uh, anything else you might be able to do, ask. All you have to do is ask. That's, right. uh, that's, that's part of the part of our problem, right? We never ask. <laughs> Man, it. I wish I would have helped them. Well, you didn't ask. You know, all, all the way for somebody to <laughs> ask. It. Trust me, ask. If you want to get involved with Rap Fest, ask. How can I help? Oh, we can, we'll find something all for you to do, place. whether it be... You know, putting up a tent or spiking down tents or putting up tables or helping to sell merchandise right, or whatever. There's, there's always something to be done. So all you have to do is ask. Again, we thank you guys so much for tuning in. We thank Pastor Ray for, oh, thank for, you guys. for coming thank out you guys. tonight, uh, for sharing with us. Rap Fest Radio, yes, it's still Rap Fest Radio. We still 24-7 gospel, hip-hop, and reggaeton. And uh, August, October 18th, we have Minister Marcus from Kingdom Time Entertainment, uh, Kingdom Choice Awards, which is coming up the end of the month. He's going to be here. We're actually going to be giving away, I think, two pairs of tickets or a pair of tickets mm -hmm. for the Kingdom Choice Awards. It's like front row seats or stuff like that. It's going to be a, a good thing coming up at the Cumble Theater. So you want to definitely check that out. I'm watching my granddaughter crawl around. <laughs> She's in her jammies already. Bring her here. Might as well say goodbye with her on, on the air nice. real quick uh, as she's taking her steps. But she might need some assistance because she's kind of slow still. <laughs> uh, 
But basically, we're we're really we're done here. Here she flies into the scene. Hey, baby, you good? You want to say something? Say one, two. Okay, I guess she's not. She's playing shy today, which is good. I like shy. Shy keeps it nice and quiet. Um, but this is it. This is Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. Pastor Ray, thanks so much for coming out, man. We, you guys. we appreciate you. Uh, when the music video plays, we could go get some apple pie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but check it out. We got this music video for you to enjoy. Don't forget Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. We're here every Monday night from 8 to 9 p.m., 24-7 on rapfestradio.com as well. You will learn us because we are out of control. <laughs> All right, peace. God bless.
I got the championship trophy, homie. Sitting behind my chest and it's glowing, moaning. You can see me flying on cloud nine, Boeing. Christ made me a disciple and that's divine, cloning. Growing, I'm attached to the vine cause he owned me. Use me in the church and outside of service, roaming. Boning in, call up, you own the line, sold up, caught up. Ignoring the guy that you never thought of. And now we in the gym playing like we up our fit. Loving the dude that went to the hill, man, call me Whitney. And like DJ Cali written on my face is victory. And Jesus always been a champion, check your history. You hear the crowd getting hyped, pumped up getting riled for the fight. The church is his bride, Christ proud of his wife. At the wedding, nothing but smiles, can't wait for that night. I 